Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Yeah, so come up with Ian Rod B on a uh, busy Friday. Looking forward to Week 18 in the NFL, obviously. Also... Talking Texas football, still the aftermath of the loss on Monday night, and now the decisions being announced and made. Xavier Worthy on Tuesday, he's headed to the NFL, no surprise. Maybe a bit of a surprise with Alfred Collins leaning to, and planning to come back for Texas and not going to the Senior Bowl uh, yeah. to anchor, help anchor the Texas defensive front in 2024, uh, which, would, which is a boon for Texas. Also, the... Uh, Announcements, or at least the reports yesterday. Pete Thamel of ESPN now becomes kind of the Adam Schefter of NFL free agency. You know, NFL free agency hits, and Adam Schefter is uh, got all the breaking news. Yep. What is it? Woj, Woj in the Woj NBA. Bomb. Now yeah. it's Pete Thamel because yesterday he was the first to report that uh, Byron Murphy and Jonathan Brooks going to uh, test the draft waters and forego their future eligibility. Both could have come back, obviously. Byron Murphy out of DeSoto and Jay Brooks. From Hallettsville, both will head to the NFL. And what we're waiting on now, Rod, is uh, Quinn yours? Quinn, well, or do we need an announcement from Quinn? Are we just assuming he's back? Is that the deal? I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know what's taking so long. It was considered a foregone conclusion that Quinn was coming back, and maybe that's why we are not getting an announcement. He's like, why would y'all assume I was leaving? And we talked to him, <laughs> and we played some of his sound. We played the entire press conference from Monday nights after, actually, Tuesday mornings news conference from the Sugar Bowl yeah. where you know, he's already talking about attacking the offseason and being the leader for Texas into the next year. and So maybe he doesn't feel like he needs to announce it. I've already it. said. Exactly. He's like, hey, no, I'm coming back. But A.D. Mitchell, Jatavion Sanders, and uh, uh, maybe some others would be the ones to watch for. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on it day by day, obviously, as we do here on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B and on the horn in general. But uh, that's happening. By the way, Rod, we mentioned Alfred Collins' return and Bo Davis. Uh, can I read you something? Uh-oh. It's good or bad? Don't read me. I want no bad news on a Friday. No, well, I mean, all right, just read it. Because we know the like coach. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> so Matt Moscono, Ma- Moscona, uh, who okay. covers LSU. All right, we've had him on the show before. He's very good. Uh-oh. Love to get him. He says coaching hires. This is a tweet an X he had X post. Coaching hires are never done until they are. But LSU is trying to close the deal to bring Blake Baker back to BR Bratton Rouge, and Blake Baker is the offensive coordinator at um, Missouri who had been yes. at LSU and did a good job. Of course, held Ohio State to three points in the bowl game and much improved Missouri defense. We'll see if Drinkwitz can convince him to stay at Mizzou, but LSU is moving quickly. Corey Raymond and Bo Davis still very much in play to join the staff. There you go. So that's from Matt Moscona, yeah. who uh, covers. You know, yeah, we talked about I mean, it's not going to be about money. No. It'll be a personal decision that he wants to go back to his roots. He's, he was a strength and conditioning coach there. You talked about it. He, 
uh, you know, obviously that's his alma mater, graduated from there, so maybe he wants to go back to the roots. Yeah, that's cool. And he was never a D-line coach there, even though now he's considered the best D-line coach in the country, so maybe he always wanted to be D-line coach there. So, I mean, I don't know. No, it's, it's his alma mater. He's a yeah. GA there, as you mentioned, strength conditioning. Yeah, loyalty. He's got the, got the swamp, swamp roots. Yeah, I guess if, if Texas yeah, – I love the University of Texas. If Texas asked me to do something, like, hey, I'll be a service. Like, that's my, that's my alma mater. That's your school, man. It. So, I can could, I could see it. It won't be about money. And that's why Longhorn fans, if he does leave, and I don't, I don't think he will right now. I, I don't think he will. But if he does, I wouldn't be shocked. And you should know that there's nothing you could do. Like there's nothing that's not like you lost a negotiation or you weren't able to meet his demands. He was just going to leave no matter what. I mean, he's already making a million dollars. They're going to pay him, what, 1.5? I think the, their D-line coach was making like 750000 or something like that. Well, so we'll, gonna, we'll see. You know, the Longhorns already have to replace so Jeff Choate. So he's going to get a raise a, yeah, I, if he saves. And it, you also have to add the, the caveat of the conversation that uh, there's there's – Inside coaching circle rumors that uh, if Jim John Jim, if Jim Harbaugh does jump to the NFL, that Brian Kelly would be the number one candidate to replace him at Michigan. That's a fair point. So if you're if you're Bo Davis, you're in no hurry. You're, yeah. you're kind of waiting on this thing. Mm-hmm. If, if, if indeed you're thinking, well, I'm going to go back to my alma mater. Well, am I? No, who's going to be the head coach? I may not know. So that has to be put on the on you know, the log. Has to be put on the fire. I agree with and then you know we know the Longhorns are losing Jeff Choate, who stayed through the bowl game, but he's now the head coach at Nevada. And they need to replace that position, which is the linebackers coach and helping PK. The name that has emerged through the Sugar Bowl, and we talked yesterday to Jerry Hamilton, is Johnny Nansen. And Johnny Nansen, this would be a huge boon for Sark. He is the defensive coordinator at Arizona. Yes. Like he's the D.C. at Arizona. It would be like a demotion for him. Yeah, he'd have to come in as a non-coordinator, but he'd be, you know, at Texas. Um, but then probably make more money. He's only making, you know, X. I think he's making seven fifty at as a coordinator at Arizona. He can clear a million in in Austin as the the linebackers coach potentially, wow. and so we'll see. Johnny Nansen is a name. He did a real good job with Jed Fish and that Arizona defense. Yeah, no, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, they just, they just beat Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl and forced six turnovers, and uh, that defense really won the game for them. Yeah, um, and there's uh, there's there's ties. Uh, they've worked together before. Yes. Uh, back in the day, him and Sark. The so. other name that we heard from Jerry Hamilton yesterday for Sark is Ken, Ken Norton. Norton. I I've heard that one too. I like that one, but I like that one because watching ball back in the day, I just know him. Well. Ken Norton. But Ken Norton's been. I mean, he's been. The Cowboy NFL. fans remember his dad. Yeah, he's been in NFL. He's been in college. I mean, that's. I don't know exactly um, why he hasn't like stuck in a place for that long. So maybe that's a concern. They didn't stick around at places for very long, um, but I like the Ken Norton. Uh, well, camps. and the Ken Norton thing would re- Ken Norton Jr. would remind you of the Tashar Choice hire. That this is a guy who's been in the NFL who helps. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're Sark and you're selling development exactly at right. the linebacker position, and you're Anthony Hill or Colin John Colin Simmons, and you're like, hey, we'll, we'll get you to the NFL. Uh, we'll get you there. That's what guys that know how it looks. That's what Tashar Choice has been able to sell with the running backs. Bo Davis can sell it too. Yeah, NFL. Bo Davis. Bo Davis. NFL, yeah, right. and Sark can sell it too. Absolutely. Kyle Flood can sell it too. Yeah, those guys they got some NFL chops, man. It matters. You're right. It does matter when you're in the living room. Like, oh yeah, man, I coach NFL guys. I know I look. You're, you're an NFL guy. You just need to put some weight on. You listen to me, and I can I can coach you up. But you're an NFL guy. That does carry some weight. There is no question about it. No doubt. Uh, absolutely. All right, we'll get to the other uh, top headlines. And then uh, Johnny Nansen, the name uh, to to look for there at linebackers coach. And then we'll keep an eye on the Bo Davis thing. And I think you said it as well as it could be said about alma maters and. And you apparently know. the Nansen guy like visited Texas at one point too. Just to, obviously coaches, you know, they visit with other programs to learn about different uh, techniques and concepts. And apparently he had visited Texas at one point too. 
to study PK's defense. Hey, let's get to the other top headlines of a busy Friday morning into a football weekend. Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals bring you the top stories of the morning every morning here on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. We mentioned the uh, uh, reports from Pete Thamel yesterday, Byron Murphy, and um, Jonathan Brooks headed to the National Football League. Of course, Murphy was the Big 12 Defensive Lineman of the Year in 2023. 29 tackles, 8.5 for loss, 5 sacks. Also scored a couple touchdowns, one coming Monday night in that Sugar Bowl loss to Washington. Jonathan Brooks, meanwhile, apparently making the move to strike while his professional stock is at its highest, even in the aftermath of that torn ACL suffered against TCU in early November. Third year back from Hallettsville. Um, was a tremendous player this year for Texas. Rushed over for over 100 yards more than uh, six times. Uh, over 100 yards six times, including a career-high 218 yards against Kansas. Even with the injuries, currently Mel Kuyper Jr.'s top-ranked available tailback for the 2024 draft. Brooks and Murphy will follow wide receiver Xavier Worthy, who declared for that draft on Tuesday. Also from college football news yesterday, former Kansas State quarterback Will Howard announced that he plans to continue his career at Ohio State, expected to compete with redshirt freshman Devin Brown there for the Buckeyes' starting quarterback job. Also a major coaching announcement at Oklahoma, Brett Venables announced that OU defensive coordinator and linebackers coach Ted Roof is out. Um, mutual parting of the ways there. As soon as are expected to hire Jacksonville State defensive coordinator Zach Alley. Alley's 28 years old, worked under Venables at Clemson, and just finished his first season as the D.C. with the Gamecocks. Uh, how about uh, final week of the NFL regular season on tap in uh, uh, starting tomorrow, uh, that, the, the Baltimore Ravens host the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game will start right after the All-Star game down in San Antonio where four Texas commitments are playing. Trey Owens, the quarterback. Also, Ryan Wingo, the wide receiver. Linebacker Ty Anthony Smith and uh, punter Michael Kern all on the West team for that game that starts at uh, noon. Then the final week of the NFL regular season begins. Baltimore hosting Pittsburgh. Game means nothing to the top-seeded Ravens, but huge for the Steelers. They can clinch a postseason berth with a win and a loss by either Buffalo or Jacksonville. And as we previewed this morning, tomorrow night, massive game in Indianapolis. Colts host the Texans. And uh, with an AFC playoff spot and possibly the AFC South title on the line, Sunday the task is simple for the Cowboys. They have to beat Washington Sunday afternoon. They will clinch the NFC East and the second seed in the NFC. Uh, we will well, obviously look forward to those games this weekend. NBA, what a game last night down in San Antonio. Giannis Attentacumpo scored 44 points, grabbed 14 rebounds, helped Milwaukee overcome an electric performance by Victor Wembanyama. Um, Bucks win at 125-121. On his 20th birthday, Wemby scored 27 points, grabbed nine rebounds, and delivered several highlight reel plays in the loss. It was a electric atmosphere, but Bucks get the win. Oh, speaking of electric, how about last night in uh, San Francisco, Denver? The defending champion Nuggets rallied from 18 down in the fourth quarter to stun Golden State 130-127. to The game was won with Nikola Jokic nailed a 40-foot bank shot at the buzzer. Horror headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. All right, for the Texans, it's going to be key they stop the running game, but Gardner Minshew, here's the little nugget that I found. I was doing some research watching. <clears throat> I got some of this from NFL matchup. Uh, but with Gardner Minshew, he, when he's getting rid of football on time and in a rhythm, that offense is dangerous. I mean, he actually has moved the football really, really well. Um, but when you can force him to hold on to the ball just a second longer. I just talked about the pass rush for the Texans. 14 sacks in the last three games. Matter of fact, they're one sack away. The Texans are one sack away from a franchise record, 45 sacks. And, you know, Will Anderson, as yeah. we heard from Sean Bajani, is likely to play. He's been dealing with an injury the last three weeks. Yeah, and, and Jonathan Gennard, and we've said this during the course of the year because a lot of you don't watch the Texans, Rod and I do. <laughs> yeah, we get it. We understand why. <laughs> uh, but I think, you know, the future is bright for Houston. And I think they'll become a team that gets some primetime games and gets more and more exposure. 
because they have key pieces in place, right? I mean, when you have the quarterback, you found him, right? You have your coach. That's the most important two positions in all of pro football, coach, quarterback. And they have their left tackle in place. And Laramie Tunsil is going to another Pro Bowl this year, uh, fourth in his, you know, fifth in his career and fourth with Houston. He's going to the Pro Bowl. So you have your left tackle. You have most of a young offensive line in place if you could keep them damn healthy. Uh, that would help a lot. They have Nico Collins and Tank Dell as primary receivers to build around. They still probably could add another one. Uh, Dalton Schultz has come in and been a nice piece. But then on defense, Rod, what do you have to have on defense? Right, you got to have cover people pass, yep, pass and, and then pass rushers. Yep. And when they've been healthy this year, to your point about the sack numbers, Jonathan Gennard, the third-year player out of Florida, He's been great. and Will Anderson have been that's – that's a dynamic young pair of, of pass rushers to go with Sheldon Rankin and Malik Collins on the interior. They still need help at linebacker, and they still need help. But, they, but then the other primary position, corner, right? They've got Derek Stingley Jr., who's got five picks this year. He's shown that he is – you know, every bit worthy of that top five draft pick they used on him a couple of years ago. So you've got that position in place. Jalen Petrie is a young playmaking safety at a Baylor that they really like. So if you're a Houston fan. They benched Jalen Petrie at one point this year. Yeah, because he's a little too aggressive yeah. sometimes. Yeah, and I saw that. But, but I think they – and, you know, Jimmy Ward's come in from San Francisco and been kind of the quarterback of their back end. But, you know, the point of that is – if you're trying to build a roster, they, they've got a lot of the key pieces already built at the young, at very young stages of their career. Yeah. So young pass rushers, young you know left tackles, their their oldest star, and Laramie Tunsil, their lone Pro Bowler, but C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins, Tank Dell when healthy, Derek Stingley. So you, whatever happens Saturday night, if you're Houston, you get into the draft and free agency. You're trying to plug some holes. You're trying to you know bolster your linebacker position, more defensive tackles, more on the offensive line. But your your core pieces that you want to build with in this five year window, as you call it, Rod are mostly in place. Mm-hmm. Yep, the hard work is done. Yeah. The and cake is baked, that's true. Well, at least the, <laughs> the, the, the ingredients for the, bake, for the cake is, is, on, is there. And uh, D'Amico Ryans and, and his staff showing the ability to develop that, and that's what's exciting about Houston. You don't have to go out and get your quarterback. You got him. You don't have to go yep. find pass rushers. You've got him. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, and, you're, and, and Derek Stingley, if he continues to progress, you've got your, your key cover corner on the outside. You can add more, and that's what the draft will be about in free agency, but you like their direction. And you're right. The point of that is when Grenard and Will Anderson are together, they're dynamic off they either are. edge. They really are. But you're not going to have Grenard. But you are going to have Will Anderson, who, who played 12 snaps last week, riding against Tennessee, two sacks. Yeah. Two sacks in his 12 snaps that he was able to play. That was pretty productive. Yeah, he, uh, he's tied right now for, if you just look at just overall – uh, rookies with rookies. Uh, Will Anderson, he's first in total pressures, uh, tied for second in sacks with seven, first in QB hits and QB hurries, uh, and he's third, if you go look at it, uh, I believe, in stops, overall rush stops. So he's been great, and he's been dealing with an injury. The The concern versus the Colts is that the Texans, um, they, they had a really bad rush defense performance last time they played them in week two. They allowed over five and a half yards per carry. As he mentioned, Jonathan Taylor didn't play in that game, but still they had a very athletic Anthony Richardson they had to deal with. But the Colts still were able to run the football against the Texans. The Colts actually now have been relying on a quick passing game combined with Jonathan Taylor's running game. I think the key is for the Texans to shut down Gardner Minshew's quick passing game. I got this uh, little stat and went some deep diving from NFL matchup. Seven of his nine total interceptions this year have come on throws over two and a half seconds when he's holding on to the ball for at least two and a half seconds. If you go break down some of his worst performances, uh, the Atlanta Falcons, they, they, they beat the Colts. They kind of curb stomped them. Um, and they basically took away Gardner Minshew's quick throws, his first reads. He has a passer rating in that game of 32 when he took more than two and a half seconds to throw the ball. 
He was a 94.7 passer rating when he got rid of the ball under two and a half seconds. And that trend also was something that was uh, it tracked through that, through that game with the Bengals. They lost with 34 to 14 to the Bengals. Minshew, two and a half seconds or more to throw the football, 48 passer rating, 82 yards, one interception. When he threw the football under two and a half seconds, got rid of it quickly. He had, he had a touchdown, zero turnovers, pass rating of 111.6. That's the key in this game. If he is getting rid of the football quickly, on time, on rhythm, he's a rhythm passer, Texans are in trouble defensively. But if he's holding on to the football, having the process, having to go deep into his progressions, Texans are in a really good place because their pass rush, as I mentioned, will get home. Yeah. If he's holding on to the football, if he's getting rid of it, then your pass rush, which is probably your, biggest, your best asset on defense, it won't get home at all. So if they, they by the way, they need one sack to set the franchise record for sacks in the season. If they don't get it, that would be a travesty. Yeah. Well, think about that though. You're talking about a Texans, you know, 22 years of their existence. JJ Watt, um, you know, that's, that's a pretty good defense. Yeah. And in year one with a young team, that kind of shows you the development that uh, where this thing is and where it can go with D'Amico Ryan's. Because if you're setting franchise records for sacks in year one, where you're not even a finished product, yeah. uh, teams that went to the playoffs made one playoff games with Hall of Fame players like J.J. Watt. That's pretty good. Hey, um, let me mention this because we were talking about the uh, Longhorns. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain bottom of the hour. Got a note from uh, someone who would know this, Rod, but uh, the Johnny Nansen thing, the defensive coordinator from Arizona. Yeah. You're going to like this. You may have to make a call to your, uh, your guy. But uh, report are, or at least the conversation is, if Johnny Nansen were to come as your linebacker's coach. Coach Aquina. The Coach Aquina. Yeah. Who is an who is on the staff there? An analyst at Arizona mm-hmm. would be would yeah. they be encouraged to join? Yeah, as an analyst at Texas. It has been uh, it's it's been out there in the rumor in the I have not talked to Coach Aquino by the way, but it's been out there in the rumor mill. Um, and I haven't reached out to him because I don't know you know how much substance there is to it. This guy though, Nansen worked with Sark in Washington. Yes. So they go back and. Yeah, if he brings Coach Aquino with him, I, I'm not going to say it would solve a lot of your issues in the back, it would in the help. back end, but it, it well, would Well, think help. about the conversation. It I mean, Terry help. Joseph and Blake Gideon are doing a great mm-hmm. job recruiting yeah. and adding talent, but you're talking about they want a cross-train versatility in the back end. Who's yep. better at that than Coach Aquino? Coach Aquino. Five, five to a DB. He's the one that came up with that. I would love that for Texas. Um, I know, like I said, I, I know from people that know that Coach Aquina did have interest potentially in coming here when Sark was building his staff. Um, but they, Texas decided to go elsewhere, and that's fine. But, you know, I mean, it's never a bad thing to have Coach Aquina come back. And Coach Aquina has his places he likes, right? He's back at Arizona. He likes certain right? – he yeah, he's schools got like, his choice. He, he, he was at Stanford at for Texas, a while. Yeah, like he, he just has certain places he likes. And I'm saying he can have his pick, but he's really well-respected in the coaching community. I think he's one of the best DB coaches of all time. And he likes Texas. He likes Austin. His family uh, – was grew up was down there in Shady yeah, Hollow, exactly. man. Exactly, yeah. You, yeah you Bowie High. Family, I yeah. grew up with, with his son. and I was over there all the oh, time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Now, we're not reporting this. We're not just saying that uh, there is conversation Ooh. that Johnny that Nansen, awesome. if he came in as the linebacker's coach that to replace Jeff Choate, so cool. that there could be a push to bring and uh, make it a package deal and oh. bring uh, Dwayne Aquino as well make it a package in some deal. capacity to help out the secondary where Terry Joseph and Blake Gideon are holding it down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can. We saw Gary Patterson do it. Yeah. You could be a special assistant. Yeah. Right? Hey, Coach Aquino's special assistant will be awesome because he's coached on multiple sides of the ball. He's close on offense too, so Coach Kino would be. Do great. you think it would be I, his last stop? I mean, he's uh, he's been coaching for a long time. Yeah, because they settle back down here. Yeah, because I think they you know, they go to Hawaii. They got a place in Hawaii and stuff. So I they, I think him having a special analyst role as opposed to being a coach would appeal to him and his family. Because I'm he's not, 67 now. 
Yeah, I'm mean, asking the coaching range. That's not that old. That's pretty old. I think. But for knowing the man Coach Akina is, Coach Akina enjoys like life. He doesn't necessarily want to get. I, he loves football too. But I can see him also want to enjoy sitting on the beach. <laughs> yeah, and hang it out. Well, you know. it just seems like a good fit where you're you're bringing in someone you're familiar with, potentially in Johnny Nansen to coach linebackers. And Jeff Choate did such a good job. Uh, but look, I mean, the job is big at linebacker, right? You you know when this this recruiting class that just got signed that will show up twenty one of the you know twenty four will be rolling in here in January. Right. It was heavy in the DBs, right? Six new DBs are coming in. Including five-star corner Kobe Black, uh, Xavier Filsamy from McKinney, um, you know J- Jordan Jackson Rubel out of the IMG Academy, uh, but also Andrew Makuba coming in from Clemson through the portal. So six right. new DBs. But the recruiting class previous to that, 2023's recruiting class, was heavy linebacker, real heavy, because they know that Jalen Ford, David Benda, yep. you know this current crop of linebackers is moving on. You had to just stock the cupboard, and that's where they went and got Darian Gallette out of Marlin. They went and recruited. Uh, um, Samaje Burrell out of Arlington. Um, gosh, uh, Leona LaFowle from uh, Hawaii. They like him. Yeah, they like him a lot. So the, the, then these are young guys that have to develop. I mean, they got to come along here because, you know, Jalen Ford, that's not a guy you just you know, snap your fingers and you replace that guy uh, in the middle of your defense. David Bend is a good player. But Anthony Hill, of course, is there and had a all-freshman all campaign this year. So that position, that coaching spot is important. I mean, you really got to develop these guys. And same thing in the back end. And if you could add maybe a piece like the, the Hall of Famer, Dwayne Aquina. That's what I call him, the Hall of Famer. I, Dwayne Aquina, that would be huge. I learned everything I pretty much know about football, <laughs> the, the, the classroom of it, and being a student of the game from Coach Aquina. So I, awesome. see the, I see the game – like Coach Aquino, pretty much. Well, and didn't All Blake, my analysis is pretty much Coach Aquino seeing that that's how he sees the game, and that's how I saw the game. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> I would also say Blake Gideon played for one Dwayne Aquino. Yes, he did. And yes, he's he your did. safeties coach. Yeah. That, you know. Uh-huh, see? There you go, natural, natural connection. I'm with you. It seems like if you can bring him in as an analyst or, you know, and special I, assistant, whatever, that'd be great. Yeah, and he's not a full-time coach and doesn't yeah. have to recruit. Yeah. Oh, just sit, just put him in a film room and let him watch. <laughs> Gary him Patterson, break, right? Yeah, let him break down tendencies and habits. He would be amazing. I mean, he's doing that for Arizona now as an analyst. But well, that's so funny because I see because Gary Patterson's a little younger than Coach Akina, and there's been talk that he wants to get back. And then I see him, you know, pictures on his social media all over the world. Man, he's traveling, traveling. <laughs> you know, yeah, I wouldn't even now. He's working on a new album or something. You know, he's putting on music. Oh, he's I, living. He's, he's living. living. Yeah, his he, coaches don't live much. They when, don't. <laughs> and that wife, when they get some free time, wife, he's like, "Let's go. We're gonna live. We're going I'm through. trying to think where so I said, you want to go to Italy. Let's go to Italy. Yeah, <laughs> he's all over the world, which is great. And because you know, when you're recruiting, you're one of the ten coaches that have to travel and recruit. That's full this year round. Oh, you're jet setting all. You're not jet setting necessarily to go hang out places and see picturesque locations. You're jet setting get into a house and then close a deal and then you back on the road. Yeah, back <laughs> on the road. Yeah. See your wife and kids when you can. And that was always a challenge for Coach Keene. He's got like five kids, right? He's got a lot of kids, man. Now they're grown and they're going to yeah. grandkids. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. Johnny Nansen, the name to watch. Ooh, that's good. And, I like uh, we'll, that. We'll keep that, that – uh, keep our, our ear to the rail on that development and the Bo Davis thing, so we'll watch that. I'll but, do some research. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out. I'm sure you have a folks. number. Yeah, hey, I would also out. say that coming up, speaking of traveling the world, coming up and off the record, Rod, for the end of the hour, Uh-oh. have you seen uh, a little bit of controversy here? Have you seen Halle Berry's latest Instagram picture? Uh, is this the one on the beach? No. Is it like on a beach or something? Not on a beach. Oh, okay. I'll, uh, Halle Berry's 57. Still looking strong. Still looking sexy. But to me. she put, you know, every once in a while she'll put out one of these photos that kind of go viral. Yeah. Oh, the scantily she did, clad. She did, and it's it's odd. There's an odd piece to it that I have to get to, in off the record, right? Really? Yes. What's odd about it? Uh, I'll, you'll you'll hear. Okay. You'll hear. 
coming up uh, about 7.45. But uh, coming back, when we do, we will hit uh, behind the burn orange curtain. Rod will get us more on the the Longhorns, and these Longhorns are headed off to the NFL. You were opening openly talking about yesterday the decision Jay Brooks had to make, Jonathan Brooks. He made it. Apparently he's made it, and they're going to strike while the iron is hot. Byron Murphy, Xavier Worthy. We'll talk about all that coming back behind the burn orange curtain. Coming back with uh, Rod and, of course, off the record for the end of the hour on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B on a football Friday. Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. Oh man, we have actual golf in at the turn rod. Actual golf being played ah, like in our uh, midway point of our program. It's why we call it at the turn. If you play golf, you know you're nine holes in. You've got nine to go. Coming up uh, next week, we'll announce our. Golf Course of the Month, our Callahan's General Store Course of the Month uh, that we're going to spotlight here in the month of January to start the new year. That'll be coming up early next week. Excited about that with Callahan's General Store. But uh, the actual golf, the with the month of January, if you're a PGA Tour player, is Hawaii for a couple oh, wow. rounds. And uh, they're playing the Century uh, Tournament uh, at Kapalua. Kapalua Resort, Rod. That sounds fancy. Yeah, Kapalua, Hawaii. You're going to love that for sure. Sahith Thagala is your leader. Shot a 9 under 64. Colin Morikawa, Camillo Vijegas. Uh, also, Sunjay M, Jason Day, and Victor Hovland all fired 65s yesterday as they were tearing this course up. Wind was down. Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Emiliano, Emiliano Grillo, Jordan Spieth. And Scotty Scheffler, both at seven under par. So 66s for the lifetime Longhorns. Right in the mix as the uh, second round will tee off today. That's one of those courses, right? If you have a you know big HD screen television, you just turn it on, and the the the, the scene is so incredible. Mm. I mean, it's the the ocean and Hawaii and everything that comes with that oh, beautiful yeah, beautiful spot. Picturesque, picturesque, man. and you, you put it up on the big screen. You're just like, okay. Mm, just relax. <laughs> like, like when it was yesterday, oh, when man. it was a dreary, cold day here in Austin, you're just like, oh, man, look at that. Look yes. at that. Yeah, that makes Oh, the sun's coming out. There you go. The sun is starting the to peek in through. We told you it was coming today. What time does that come on today since it's in Hawaii? Uh, it comes on the afternoons and the evenings. It's like primetime golf. Nice. Uh, it, yeah, like afternoon, we'll, the, the first groups will go off. And, uh, yeah. There's yeah. nothing better than a, than a golf nap. It's almost golf nap season. Golf yeah. nap season. That's right. Well, college football season has one game left. Actually, I shouldn't say one. Just there's two because your your wifey has a, a big game coming up too next weekend, right? Oh, yes, right. Montana. Montana baby. Grizzlies. Just yeah. go, alma mater. Go Chris. <laughs> go Chris. Go Chris, baby. Yeah, man. It's hey, did you? Yeah, they beat Washington a couple years ago. Remember that Jimmy Lake year? They beat Washington. They did. They did. I forget about that. The Grizz. They don't. They don't mess around in Montana. No, that's a, they're basically a dynasty in that their level. They consider it like a that blue blood of their blue level, blood. Yeah, I love that. Level, yeah. But we'll keep you posted on the golf. And as we said, the uh, the season is underway. Scotty Scheffler, the Player of the Year, and uh, Scotty right there at seven under. So uh, picking up where he left off down in the Bahamas. Uh, pretty good stuff. So the golf will keep you posted into to, uh, Monday and have a winner, uh, whoever wins this thing. But some low numbers yesterday. Victor Hovland, ridiculous. This might, you know, if Scotty Scheffler is not going to make a run with John Rahm now playing live, um, Victor Hovland could be the guy. I mean, remember at the end of last year, Victor Hovland, I mean, was playing as close to Tiger Woods level golf as we've ever as we've seen since Tiger Woods. Uh, just unbelievable. 
Um, and so he fires a 65 yesterday. So Heath Tagala is a, a young emerging player. So we'll follow that aired at the turn, and we'll also have our, our golf course of the month announcement early next week, brought to you by our friends at Callahan's General Store. Of course, uh, by the route I did see, the first freeze of the new year coming your way, coming up next oh, week. Oh, man. Looks like there could be a, 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 a freeze. Trying to treat that yard, huh? Yeah, well, that and get your uh, – your essentials for the freeze protection. If you don't have them, don't wait till the last minute when everybody's out and there's a mad rush. Get over to Callahan's and talk to the folks. They got everything you need to protect your pipes and the spigot drips and all the things that you need uh, to get ready for freeze season because it's coming. Also, as you said, to keep your yard golf course conditioned year round, you get over there to help winterize that yard. Uh, and I always say they don't just have the products at Callahan's General Store; they have the people with the knowledge to help you. Because if you're like a lot of us, you're like, well. I'm I know what I want to do. But I don't know how to do it. Yep, how much? Me. How much fertilizer <laughs> do I put down? When do I do it? Uh, where? What's the application process? They walk you through all that. It's great. You walk out of there feeling mm-hmm. great. Because last thing you want to do, Rod, is spend a lot of money and come out of there going, I don't know how to do all yeah. that. Do it wrong. I don't know how to use this stuff. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's Callahan's and Callahan's General Store since 1978, 45 years. Still family or locally owned and family operated uh, every single day. Get over there and see them. Always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. And that's at the turn. At the Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, another edition of Behind the Burnt Orange Curtain. Um, shout out to my man CB sent me this uh, these Heisman odds from On3. Uh, and this comes from FanDuel, their sports book. So these are their Heisman odds. Gentlemen, they have Quinn Ewers tied with Jalen Milrow and one Carson Beck with the best Heisman odds for 2024. Dylan Gabriel is four, well, it's not fourth, but he's second uh, best Heisman odds. Those three are tied uh, with the best Heisman odds, Quinn Ewers, Jalen Murrow, and Carson Beck. Uh, but then Dylan Gabriel uh, after them uh, at plus 1,000. Uh, J.J. McCarthy at plus 1,800. Uh, Nico Lama I hope I got that right. He's also at plus 1,800. Jackson Arnold at plus 1,800. And Connor Wigman uh, also at eight, plus 1,800. But Quinn Ewers, Jalen Murrow, and Carson Beck at plus 750. Gentlemen, we think Quinn Ewers is going to be at least a Heisman finalist in 2024. This would this would hint that he, they think he's going to be at least a finalist. I, I would say that I mean, we talked yesterday about the, the same odds for national championship. Uh, and I think it's a good bet on Texas as one of the top three or four because of what we talked about. But, but for Quinn Ewers, yes, year three in a Sark system with an experienced offensive line where he'll get good protection. I mean, you got to feel like with Kyle Flood and – um, you know, get, you know, pushing this thing forward with the offensive line, and you oh, only yeah. lose Christian Jones, and whoever wins that right tackle position, that's going to be a battle. Uh, to you know, they bring in the the kid Brandon Baker, the five star from Modern Day, uh, DJ Campbell, uh, not DJ Campbell, um, you know, Cam Williams. Yep. Uh, there'll be some other guys competing for that job, and have to go get it. And um, you know, yeah, Kelvin Banks in year three at left tackle. You'd like where that's going. So yes, but you know, and a, and a strong running game, which you, they're going to have, in my opinion. Because even with Jonathan Brooks making his decision to jump and go to the NFL, uh, you still have, you know, we saw the glimpses of what Jaden Blue can be as a change of pace back to a big C.J. Baxter, who now C.J. Rod gets a year in that weight room where he can put on some of that armor. armor. Yeah, some of that armor. Um, He can come back a different-looking player, and he was pretty good as a freshman. And then, you know, you're bringing in – uh, new running backs in, in Jared Gibson out of the IMG Academy, who people like a lot, and Christian Clark, 
who Bobby Burton said he was his favorite player in the recruiting class, out, you know, uh, as far as under the radar a little bit. Christian Clark out of Arizona. Steve Sarkeesian wrote down B. John Robinson <laughs> with a mark yeah. after evaluating <laughs> his film, which I thought, wow, yeah. lofty praise. So I think you'll have a good running game uh, behind this offensive line. Yeah, the passing game is the real question. Yeah, the question is who's, who the targets so are. So how's he going to make it to the Heisman finalists if he don't have the weapon to throw to because he's losing all of his targets? Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust – that, that these receivers are going to develop. And, again, we, we, we've already just mentioned that uh, down at – because uh, Sark has shown the, the, the inclination that if it's a hand-picked guy that he recruited and he's good enough and mature enough early, he's, if he's, he's old enough, right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, the guy that has turned all the heads down in San Antonio this week has been Ryan Wingo. He's the real deal. That Ryan Wingo, according to the, uh, the director of scouting for On3 Sports, who they run that bowl game, said he's been the most impressive player there. Uh, and you could look when you're you're those all star practice rod. You're going against other all stars, so you're not going you're you're going against the best of the best. And Ryan Wingo has really stood out. He's a guy to go with Jonte Cook and DeAndre Moore, and you know the addition of Matthew Golden. I just I believe Sark with a, a third year quarterback and a good offensive line and a good running game, they'll be passing numbers. They'll be passing numbers. No, I disagree with that, but it, it, you're going into a new league, number one. For sure. More competitive league. Uh, that's number one with better high-end talent. And, yeah, Where Carson Beck and, yeah, uh, and Jalen Miller are. Yeah, a lot of talent, but it's un- they're unproven commodities. Correct. They're unproven talent. Um, so you, you're going from guys who are proven. And, you go, and wide receiver chemistry, quarterback and wide receiver chemistry is a real thing, guys. It actually matters. And you may not have that early on. Even though these guys are really talented, chemistry matters. Big time. And and, he, and and Quinn has been with these guys for two years, essentially. He's been with X-Men and J.T. Sanders. This year, him and A.D. Mitchell kind of had a natural chemistry, especially when he came to the red zone. But, yeah, I think the, the passing game may take a little while. That's all I'm saying. But you've got the running game to rely on while the passing game finds its groove. Well, and if you're a Texas fan, you liked hearing Sark, or excuse me, Quinn talking about attacking the postseason or attacking the offseason, becoming one of those leaders and running those. Mm-hmm. You know, off-season workouts yeah, and really be. getting with the receivers that are – and, you know, Jontae Cook's got a high ceiling and DeAndre Moore, um, some maturity to him. Matthew Golden. Uh, Matthew I wouldn't Golden. doubt they go try to get another veteran receiver. Yeah, well, there is you know, a, lot of, a lot of talk that the Longhorns are still that. trying to land one. Yeah. A veteran player with, with actual skins on the wall yeah, that at the fit, college that, level. that fits their culture. Correct. One. He, can't, he can't be a guy that fits their culture. Um, but I think, I, I think they're going to try to go get another veteran. Even, you know, they may try to go get a veteran to know what J.T. Sanders does. Well, and the other I name – get a we, veteran tight end. At that position, and again, I don't know if this is an immediate impact guy, but the kid out of Alabama from uh, Sarah Land, Alabama, Ryan Williams, who's a five-star receiver, he's one of these kids who reclassified. So he would have been a 2025 commitment, but he's yeah. a 2024. Okay. So he'll be coming in in the spring. He's coming for an official visit at Texas at the end of the month. Okay. And he's coming when K.J. Lacey's going to be here too, the quarterback commitment for 2025. So that's a name to watch if you're looking yeah. for another receiver that could be added to this year's class. Because he's 2024 now. He's reclassified, kind of like Quinn Ewers did. So that's a name to watch. But you're right. I do think they'll be on the prowl on the portal for a veteran. Uh, but as far as, you know, finalists for the Heisman, I think Quinn Ewers, when you think about third-year quarterbacks in a high-scoring system, yes, in a new league, uh, I don't think that's a crazy bet. I, I, nor would I think, think Jalen Milrow would come in as the favorite because another year in that system, Tommy Reese and he, his dual-threat ability, uh, Alabama's going to be playing in huge games. He'll have a chance to showcase. And I, I thought Carson Beck was a real good player this year. Yeah, he looked, you know, I'm with you on that. I think he showed a lot of strides. Um, and I, I, I think every year it could be a toss-up about the Heisman, but 
Quinn should be in the discussion. There's no doubt, especially returning in the Sark system um, as a third-year quarterback. We talk about what 6 year quarterbacks look like in a system. Um, Quinn should definitely look a lot better, more comfortable in that Sark system next season. All right, let's talk about uh, Jay Witt for a second because Jay Witt had a really nice announcement, very sentimental announcement for the Longhorn uh, fans out there uh, via Twitter and social media. He's leaving. He's departing. He's exhausted his eligibility. But here is the, uh, the message that he had via social media for the Longhorn Nation. Sorry, it's not playing for some reason. Oh, no worries about it. No worries. All right, this is yeah, yeah, video yesterday. J- 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 Jay Witt and his media yes. team put together. Uh, this I thought it was pretty cool. But uh, when you get it going, just let me know. Uh, but one thing that Jay Witt said uh, that I thought was pretty cool um, in the video, in the in video, he said that he, he repeated something that I've said for, for years. I don't know if he heard it from me or if he heard it from somebody else. But I really don't care. As long as it's penetrated the locker room, um, that he came here to play. He came here to play for Texas. He didn't come to play at Texas. Got it now. Um, that, oh, you know what? We got it. I'll let Jay Witt tell you. Here it is. Jordan Whittington, they call him the, the junkyard team dog because he does all the dirty leader, work. So valuable to this he's offense. Dear Texas, thank you. Every moment I've had here, good or bad, has been a piece of such an important chapter in my life. And it's an honor to say I didn't just play at Texas, I played for Texas. Every minute, every day, every year, I gave you my all. Tremendous effort from Jordan Whittington. Those are game-winning plays. And now, I feel complete. Jordan Whittington with an absolutely outstanding block. It's gone! Jordan Whittington! So after 17 long years, or however long it's been since I've been here, it's time to go. But no matter when, no matter where, no matter what, I'll forever be a Texas Longhorn. Hook. The, uh, the statement that I didn't come here to play. It's an honor to say that I came here to play for Texas, not at Texas. That matters. And, and initially, years ago, I don't know, like five, six years ago, when, when I first said that, you know, you got to have a locker room with guys that want to play for Texas, not guys that want to play at Texas. There are two types of Texas football players. The guys who come to play for Texas, guys who come to play at Texas. The guys who come to play for Texas, they want to know if they can, how they can leave it better than they found it. All right, what can I do to help the University of Texas? What can I do to help the program? Uh, the guys who come to play at Texas, they want to know what the university can do for them, right? Hey, who can help me with my NIL? Can I make some more NIL money? Can uh, you help me with some tickets to ACL, to South by Southwest? And nothing wrong with that. Guys want to enjoy their experience, but it's a different mindset. And you can go from one to the other. I was in that locker room, and I was with, when I first came to Texas, we had a lot of guys who were here to play at Texas. And by the time I left, most of the locker room were here were guys that came to play for Texas. And the coach can weed out right the at Texas guys and the the mindset of Jay Witt and those types of players they that's how you pass down the culture and I, I call Jay Witt a culture bearer uh, much like the Rojo before him and these are not always the best players on your team hell sometimes they're not even the best players in their room Rojo wasn't even the best running back in the room Jay Witt's not the best wide receiver in that room but they he, they are walking testimonies throughout that locker room they, they force everybody in that locker room to, to, to be accountable. 
They force everybody in the locker room to look at themselves in the mirror and have that man in the mirror, man in the mirror moment and ask yourself, are you doing everything that it takes, the sacrifice, the commitment? Are you doing as much as Jay Witt? Because Jay Witt changed everything about his, his habits. And that's all culture is, guys. Culture is just habits. It's every day, getting up every day, attacking every task with the same attitude, the same vigor, all right, with the, uh, the same excitement. And even though it may be things that some people dread, you learn to master the process and become obsessed with the process. And that's what Jay Witt had to do and not the result. Remember, Jay Witt couldn't see the field, couldn't stay healthy. And then he started to understand, well, maybe it's what can I do? I mean, I can I can complain about the external factors, man. I can't stay healthy. And, you know, it's, I just got really bad luck. But what can I do to change my fate? And he started coming into the training room earlier. He said I had to get into the training room an hour earlier than everybody else because my body's different. I got to warm up. It takes me, it takes me an hour to warm up. <laughs> um, he had to stay, stay later than everybody else. He had to warm down. When other players could just hit the showers and leave, he had to stay later than everybody else and warm down properly. He had to change the way he ate. Can't just eat barbecue and wings all the time. His body reacts to it differently. He had to change his diet so that it would, it would have a more positive effect on his physiology. All these things are a sacrifice and commitment. Every player in the locker room is on their individual journey of, of sacrifice and commitment and doing whatever it takes to be the best version of themselves so that they can help the team. And if you get 80-something guys all on that mission, obsessed with it, and sacrificing like a Jay Witt. And did Jay Witt, did he get all the accolades on the field? Did he get all the targets on the field? No. <laughs> he was out there. He was happy to be out there, and he was out there blocking. It's a great saying from Brendan Marion. What you do without the football shows how much you love your teammates. And Jay Witt loves his teammates. He loves them because he's always given max fanatical effort without the football. And that is a testimony to every guy in that locker room. If you're not getting the football, don't complain. Just give max effort in every task that you are tasked with, right, or responsible for. And, you know, whatever it takes for you to be the best version of yourself, whether it be staying late or coming early, changing your diet. Rojo was also similar to this, right? Rojo sacrificed his, his position, right? He wanted to be a quarterback. He came in as a quarterback. Instead of transferring, they told him that he want, they wanted him to switch positions. He switched positions and did the selfless thing. And for guys to see that and witness that, trust me, guys, it has a, an effect. It has an effect. It, it spreads all throughout that locker room, that selflessness, that sacrifice, that dedication. These guys are walking testimonies. And that's what a culture bearer is all about. I don't know who's going to pick it up next season. But I know for since Sark's been here, Rojo and Jay Wood are probably the best examples of culture bearers that they've had. And there's no question it's helped them win games. Hell, literally, Jay Witt's play in that TCU game helped them win that game. Yeah, you're 100% right about that. And you mentioned that you guys talked to Jalen Ford on the Third and Longhorn podcast yep. uh, recently. And, you know, this week. And yeah. he, he told the story of when uh, Roshan stood up in the, after the Kansas loss. And Sark, remember, Sark was biting back tears last year talking about Roshan Johnson and how important he was to their, their culture. Their culture. Yeah. Because the coaches kept saying it. They needed a player. Mm-mm. They needed a player to, to stand it. up and can't hold Can't be the, Bo Davis. Yeah, can't be all the coaches all the time. It needed a player, and it became Roshan. And then, as you said, the, you know, the running back room became the, the, the catalyst, the catalyst for it. And now Sark was talking to New Orleans about we got 30 or 40, what we think are true leaders. Where it started with two or three uh, in year one into year two. Now we think it's, it's three or four, or 30 or 40 guys. 
who are going to be part of that. And that's as that grows, that gets that's really where yeah, you know, next level. The, it's next level. So not just one or two guys, it's everybody. And they 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 then weed out the ones that don't fit. Okay, you or get it get on board or get it going. I mean that's just kind of the way that goes. That's exactly right. That's good stuff right there, Rod. Hey, we'll come back when we do off the record. I'll mention this Halle Berry photo that has emerged <laughs> uh, and what is odd about it. Also, the other off the record stories stories you probably missed but need to hear because they'll be talked about. It's talk about with Ian Rodby. D.D. Megadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get to break the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Off the record time, including at her Instagram account, All just right. simply labeled Holly Berry, H-A-L-L-E-E, H-A-L-L-E-B-E-R-R-Y. Still looking good, though. Oh. Still looking sexy, man. So, Holly Berry's 57 years young. Okay. Still remains one of the sexier women alive. Amen to that. Uh, she went to Instagram, as she does, every once in a while, and she's somewhere on the globe. Um, Is it a beach? No. She's sitting on a collection of rocks, like a rock formation. Um, Somewhere, I don't know. Yeah, some cave or something? Some cave. Well, no, it's like like like, like be on the desert. Desert desert somewhere. And it's a beautiful rocks formation. And uh, she just put a picture. Now, she's sitting on a rock rod. I want you to visualize this. I'll have to send you this picture. No, I see it. I'm looking at it now. So she's sitting on a rock. uh, She's wearing some type of... Lingerie. Lingerie. She's got with sunglasses. nothing else on. It's a great, yeah, it's a good, good, good But then about a foot in front of her left foot is what looks to be two piles of poop of some kind. Mm. Like there's, you know, it's not her poop, I'm assuming, <laughs> but it is. Because, and, and her seated, and this went all, all over Instagram because some people claim that she looked like she was sitting on a rock taking a poop. But she was sitting on a rock looking Holly Berry. And I, I, that's some type of animal scat. That is up to up near her left foot. Yeah, well, yeah. Animal scat. That is definitely is definitely feces. Yes, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, you know feces when you see it. That's yes, feces. that's feces of yes. some some animal of yes. origin. No doubt. And she instead of removing it, she decided to make it a part of the picture. Yeah, she left it in. And you Clear. know what? I am not. I'm. I don't. I'm. I'm she did it on purpose. That's, sure, hundred percent. Um, I think it's part of like um, it's like shock art. I mean, there is a. Have you ever been to? And you probably have been to like an art exhibit where they have like disturbing images, disturbing yeah. sounds and smells. Sure, and sure. It, it, it's like literally trying to like provoke uh, the shock and art factor. And I think this is kind of what this is. I think it's kind of just her version of shock art. Like you know what it is. It's just disturbing and supposed to be a shocking experience for you. Like something beautiful and gorgeous. Right, like like Holly Berry, which we know she's a sex symbol. He's like, oh man, and everybody universally think she's amazing in terms of her physical attractiveness, and yet you put her next to something disgusting, something solely disgusting that uh, that 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 yeah, is cringeworthy. Like, oh, that's ugh, disgusting. And you, the mix of the two, this is the art, the shock art, this disturbing imagery, imagery plus something that you love and something that we covet. 
You know what I mean? Something that we want to consume and love, like Kylie Berry. <laughs> I would well, consume and, her. And then next is something that <laughs> consume. something you think is disgusting and like you know amoral, whatever. Yeah, I like it. I like yeah, it. It's, it's abstract. It's abstract, yeah, it's, Rod. It's kind of shock. It's art. off the nose. It's yeah. a, why would Halle Berry sit there and leave the poop in the pictures? Because yeah, he's trying to provoke you. And art is what? Kind of like the uh, the intro provoke. we have here for yeah. off the record is uh, man man goo <laughs> the man doo doo. Yeah. Some uh, people some people are turned on by this. Y'all think y'all are disgusted by it. some people actually this this they're. You know, they, they actually she, turned on by this sure. fetish kind of thing. Yeah, and she's, you know, not – she's scantily clad. She's on a rock. How'd she yeah. get there? What's she doing? Mm-hmm. Why didn't she – you know, Isn't she's, that, uh, she's amongst OBJ's nature. thing? OBJ, yeah. She's amongst nature, though. She's in it, right? She, right she's in yeah. the nature. Yeah. Preserved. Yeah. I mean, it's, she's definitely trying to get a response. From and, and, like, the lighting's not – kind of in the shadows, so you kind of got to look and, close. And, and like, I love that somebody even said, like, like the way she's sitting. It is almost provoking. Like, hold on, is she sitting like she is dropping? What is? is it, she it, taking it, a deuce? It, it makes it makes your mind go and start to right suggest other things yeah, too. I like it. I like it. Yeah. No. I, like I said, I, it, it, it reminds me. Any picture to- of Halle Berry is fine. Let's yes. just say that. And you're going, you're going automatically. Like, fine meaning acceptably way above average. Yes. Done. So put something that turns you on, something that turns you off in the same picture. Yeah. That's basically what it is. That's why it's shock art. Yeah. That turn, obviously, poop turns everybody off. That's like when you first hear, <laughs> Which, like, chicken I mean, and waffles. You're like, what, chicken and waffles? But then you eat it together. You're like, oh, that's really good. Exactly. <laughs> and some people, while looking at this, they're going to have experiences, right? They're going to be like, oh, man, I don't Visceral. like that. But yes, there you go. Okay. There you go. That's kind of what she's trying to get, that kind okay. of response. So I'm not, you know, I'm not for it, but I get it. I get it. I've been around some, you know, some, some disturbing things before. Thoughts on off the record, Rod? What do you have? Uh, Anything well, we could pick up into the next? Uh, we'll pick up into the next because I, yeah, it's hard to transition from that one. <laughs> to hard look to transition at it. from the, that hey, one. Remember, right before Christmas, like the 14th of December, we said it was the the day most people got broke broke up. Yeah, because people were too cheap to buy gifts. Or they oh, how about this? <laughs> According to Tinder, the day the hookup app Tinder Sunday, the first Sunday in January is Dating Sunday. It's the busiest day of the year for online dating. Which day? Sun- this Sunday? Sunday. This Sunday coming up. The first Sunday in January. Why? Why do we? I think the same reason it's the breakup before because now it's over and it's you over can and get like, back re- in the back. I'm ready to mingle. Single and ready to mingle. No, I'm going to go through the holidays. Says, I'm ready to go. Nobody wow. that's on Tinder is trying to date. I can tell you that much. Ah. It's not what that's well, for. Well, maybe it's maybe. And they say it's, according to their research, the busiest day. And maybe it's because you know, you're with family. You've been, you, weren't, you, have, yeah, you didn't have a girlfriend. You've been locked down been locked down locked in new years and now it's time to get some boot knocking going or something <laughs> boot knocking oh, i love if it if you're available to do that mm-hmm. the two back beasts on dating sunday they see an extraordinary surge in people updating bios uploading photos sending messages and responding to them oh uh, yeah new year's resolutions too i bet people are like it's like i, I want to get out there well they took a bunch of pictures like of the new year so yeah. probably putting their new new pics out there that's new, fair yeah, you like that? I like that. All right, see, that's what you learn on Off the Record. That's uh, good stuff. Art, abstract art, and dating <laughs> habits of weird people. We'll be back. Hook them up with Ian Rodby.